One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Welcome in everyone. I am super excited about this video. We're going to be going through how to set up and structure your team heading into 2024 and I'm going to be having uh, well, I've gone back through my team from from the start of last year didn't start as well and i'm going to be learning from that and i have learned from that and i'm going to show you how to sort of set it up a lot better and how you should sort of structure it especially as we're going through all the videos here talking about all the different players all the different team structures and and how your you know how you can how how that can help set up your squad here as well so first rule to kick things off gonna get into that now is your picking your captain really so the first thing there is getting a man that is a 60-plus average guy. So it's either likely a Hines, a Cleary, a Payne Haas, these types of players they're heading into round one. And, and the second option and the second rule I have for you there is to pick your vice-captain second up. So 55-plus average is, is the type of man you're going to be looking at uh, in that one there. So let's move into your third one there. And really, the, the main reason you do those first two is just to set things up and make sure that, you know, one of those two guys there, if it's a Hines and a Cleary, they have a buy in round five and six, respectively. So making sure you have a second guy there, or if they happen to get a one-week injury, a one-week concussion or something like that, then you have a really high-quality player in there to to cover that, uh, you know, or if it's a late-minute late out or something like that, you have that coverage there and making sure that you can score really well in that week in that one. So... Number three there, you really want to make sure that sort of everyone above that 350k price point, they have a super clear role because that's the last thing you want is to pick someone and spend up a little bit of money when you could have just chosen a cheapie and you're not exactly sure how things are going to go and it's a bit of a hit and miss. They could make sort of, you know, five to 10 points of value, 15 points of value at best. And at worst, they they sort of lose their role early. They play less minutes. They, you know, they get, they get dropped. Um, something happens there. And uh, yeah, you could have foreseen that potentially happening there. So you want to make sure that everyone above that 350, 400k price point has a super clear role. When we get into the end of this video, guys, I'll be showing going through and making a team uh, with a little bit of a general idea on, on how I normally would be picking my team and some of the guys that I've been speaking about, especially in those guns videos that uh, I'd be looking to personally pick up. Number four there, 
Aim to have sort of four, anywhere between four and six. I think five is probably the sweet point there, the sweet spot. 50 plus average players in your team from hooker, from mid, from edge, and from half. So the main reason I've uh, decided those ones is they're the safest picks there, the center and also the wing fullback position can be pretty tough. And there will be a lot of people that end up picking someone like Kalen Ponga, but that's probably the exception there, given that he has you know, potentially a little bit of room to grow on his starting price value there. So yeah, you were looking for consistency and looking for points from these guys. That's the biggest thing there. You're not looking for any Hail Marys in these, in these players there. You're looking to get points on the board and then hopefully your value guys and your cheapies can, can score fairly well and make a bit of cash on that. And you'll therefore be up in that top sort of four, 5,000 there to kick things off and can build from there with some good trades early on. So two out of three of these guys, which are likely they're in there just to hit their average. So you're looking for top points only from these guys and that's all you care about. Consistency, getting those points that you're paying for basically. And then the other two to three guys, you're looking for sort of close to five points of upside is the main reason you bring them in. Potentially some dual position in there as well could be helpful. Uh, as a reason why you might uh, look to, to bring them in. And then also looking forward to potentially the origin period as well and their buy schedule, if they have a favorable one of those. And so you know, you're looking at those three things, they potentially have a little bit of upside. They could have dual position and also some you know origin period kind of a play that you could hold in for a long time. If they have sort of two of those three or, or three of those three is obviously most ideal, but anywhere in, the, in that range is, is the guys you're looking at to do really well. Um, you know, in, in picking your starting squad. So consistency as well is obviously the main one there. Number five, we're going to have to wait for cheapies, guys. We, we don't know too many guys that are likely to be in squads at the moment. We will have or we all have sort of the four or five that are likely to be playing at this point. And, and uh, yeah, that's all we can do. We're likely going to start with sort of seven to eight, 250K and below players. I, I'll go through in a sec the, what how I started my season last year, the types of uh, money players that I ended up having and, and what bracket they were in. And then in hindsight, what I would have or should have started with. And I did speak about in that round one uh, team reveal video, which is sad to look back on uh, what it could have been, but we end up pretty well, obviously at 101st overall. So that's what we're looking for there. Looking for cheapies. They'll come up. It'll happen. There'll be injuries in the preseason. Things will happen. Guys will get spots. Guys will get opportunities. So let's wait for that. And uh, yeah, it's very hard to really clearly make a team right now. But if you do want to slot sort of seven, Let's just say seven to start with. I think eight's a bit could be a bit too much to muck around with, but seven, 250k players or below uh, is going to be a good number there. It may end up being six. It could end up being eight. So somewhere in there, I think it's the range. So if you start with seven, whoever it doesn't matter who it is at the moment, and then you can sort out the mid rangers and the guns from there. Number six there, the 500 to 650k bracket. The players there are, I believe, are most dangerous. So they take up a lot of space in your cap, obviously, and if they come out slow it's going to hurt you the most. If they come out and do really well and they become like a 50-point player, they've only sort of gained 10 points on their average, and that's not that crazy, and you're not going to miss out too much. It can be very similar to the guys that are priced around that 30. If they have sort of a 40 upside, again, you're only you're making 10, which is great money-making potential, but it's not going to destroy other teams there if they don't own them. So I think there's really the, the main risk there is, it, is that it can go down, and if they're sort of a, a bit of a pod play, then that hurts you, and, and that showed with a few of my pickups last year at the beginning. So they're usually the most volatile type of you know, bracket there, and really, you look back and you go, oh, I could have just upgraded them to a consistent 650-plus gun and downgraded elsewhere to facilitate that upgrade. So 
yeah, if there's potentially other cash cows around, then you could easily do that. Drop down one of your 400k guys to a 250 or a 450 or down to a two, uh, 300 or something like that. It could work out best for you there. Number seven there. So going cheap in center and, and wing fullback, it's never going to hurt you. It just, it just never does. And um, unfortunately, we see that when we go, oh, I just want to shore up my position. I did that last year as well. Shore up the centers, shore up the wing fullbacks, just make sure that looks pretty strong. But really, overall, it's a position you're trading fairly heavily anyway. And a lot of the time, those plays, they, they start slow and you get annoyed with the situation and where they're at in your squad. And you end up looking to trade them out anyway. So that's the frustrating one with those guys there. All right. Let's move to eight. So leave 50 to 150K in the bank for early moves. And it's something that I very rarely do because I'm like, oh, I want to maximize my round one team. But pretty much on all occasions, you're not going to get your round one team perfectly. Uh, there are a few people, obviously, that end up in sort of the top three, four, 500 that, that start really, really well. But most of the time, we're not going to be those guys, obviously, when there's sort of 100,000 people playing. So leaving that a little bit extra cash in the bank for those early moves is going to be absolutely crucial for you to do really well in uh, in your starting team. But obviously that round two, three, four, when you can make those early moves, those early two trades a week to get your team set up, cranking out those points, getting that money-making potential, that's very, very helpful. Just a simple example here. You've got two guys that you're you know picking between that are 250K. You only leave 10K in the bank. Your 250K guy hits a 12 to start and they lose 5K. Your The other 250K you, you potentially wanted comes out and gets the 33 in the first game. You're like, ah, oh, damn it, I picked the wrong one. You've now, you know, that guy's made sort of 15 to 20,000 bucks with that 33 and you went down a little bit and now you have to make two trades to be able to facilitate that move where if you left even just that minimum of 50, you have plenty. You have another 20K in the bank to make another trade there um, in that one there. And, and the other thing you could do there is if you do go for those one of those 550, 600K guys, or a 400k guy and you leave 100, 150 in the bank, you could make an upgrade there um, very, very simply. And there could be another guy that sort of is a 350 kind of range uh, and you could drop him down to a 250 that, that started really well. Um, and so you're not missing out and you have a lot more flexibility in your initial trades in round two and three. Number nine, two left guys. So having cover in center early, I think is a little bit overrated now. So uh, it's something that I've looked to to have, even if you have a dual position guy. Like you know, started with Tommy Talao last week on my uh, last week or last year on my bench, uh, and just was like, oh, he he has the potential to go well. He's got dual position, but I think the dual position cover was really what you know pushed me to have him in my side, and that ended up just being a waste. And I could have started with some, some you know, I looked I looked at that video just recently, and I did have Bryce Cartwright in my team, and then end up changing him to Dury. But I could have just started with Dury and Cartwright, and and not worried about that knowing that both of those guys were going to score better than Tommy Tillow very likely in that one there. And then if something did happen, like if you leave that little bit of cash in the bank, then you could pivot if there's an injury or there's a slightly better option in that center or the wing fullback position. So we'll get into that when we go through, you know, making our team there as well. So I just think that's a little bit overrated. And the last one there, dual position players. So DPP, for those that are new to this, uh, they're always important, but more so during the buy period. Right, so pick the guy you have the most confident with, confidence with at the uh, at the beginning of the season, and then look for potentially some dual position guys a little bit later if they might be you know within a couple of points of each other, but have dual position they can cover and help you out through that buy period a little bit more, especially for the for those that played last year, for those that are new, 
during the buy period, the, the three major ones where a lot of teams have buys there, you have to fill your starting team only. So you're starting 13. So just this middle section here, no one on the interchange or the emergencies actually count. So in that scenario, you might have four mids, but one of them's dual position and you can play them in the edge. And that could be really, really helpful uh, when creating your side there uh, or you know, building your side heading into the, the buy period, that's for sure. So they're my 10 at the moment. Let me know if you'd have any more on that list. Uh, may have forgot one or two, but I think they're very, very important when setting up your team. And they're, and they're the rules that I'm going to abide by when I'm making my team ready for round one. So my last year starting team, we had five guys over 650K. We had two guys between 500 and 650. Both didn't work out. Brandon Smith and Egan Butcher, just something to note there. Between 400 and 500K, we had five players. So that seems to be a little bit of a sweet spot that uh, you know, a few of these guys have, have a new role. They might make some good cash, but don't expect all of them to make money. Last year, I think they all did. Lockie Miller, Tanner Boyd, Eli Katoa, what else we got? Might be two. Yeah, one or two, obviously two others, but I'm not exactly sure. Then between 250 and 400K, we had uh, guys like Trent Liero, a little bit under. Oh, we had Hopgood in that 400, 500K range and one other. Um, yeah, 250 to 400K, two, and then under 250K and below was seven. In hindsight, what I should have started with uh, is removing Tuali'i, removing drink water. I probably would have had to drop drink water to Chance. I also would have change i would have had to add uh tyrell sloan to my list there that would have been the other play and that was the, that was the simple place of playing those two so getting another cheaper guy in in my side there um which added uh, an extra one to make eight 250k guys and anywhere between five and six over 650k guys i was doing the numbers and i might have had to drop someone like ken murray he would have gone to to harry grant and i may have been able to update and upgrade egan butcher um, to a slightly cheaper mid. So Carrigan would have been the play uh, in that one there to get him in, and he started really, really well. So that would have been the six number. Um, may have had to have been five, but that would be okay. And then it would be four to five, sort of 400 to 500K guys with chance um, being added to that and removing guys like Suali'i in that one as well. So that's that. And then it still be... Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Two players between 250 and 400 and eight players under 250K or 250K and below. So, yeah, not every year that's going to be, there's going to be that many guys available at that price that are actually going to be good. And that still did include me having Ben Metal Concealer. It would have included me removing Tommy Talao and keeping Metal Concealer. So I think that would have been pretty fair uh, in that one. I wouldn't have had any cover in that center position. Tommy Talao actually might've been in my starting side, given I would have removed Sue So it would have been him or would have been Harley Smith Shields. So either way, I wouldn't have scored great in that center position. I actually you know, scored fairly well with Sue first game. I think he got a 40 odd 
but um, I miss out on the big, big scores up top with, um, yeah, with Harry, having Carrigan as well and having Harry Grant. I didn't have him at all. I had uh, Brandon Smith. So that's the way I'd play it. It's not too, dis- uh, not too dissimilar to, to what it was in uh, the year prior. But uh, yeah, you just got to be really careful with those 500, 650K guys. I still would have started with Brandon Smith. But in hindsight, uh, obviously, yeah, you wouldn't start with him. But I, I definitely would have, let's say that. There was no chance I wasn't going to. Whereas Egan Butcher was a touch-and-go guy, uh, which we could have gone other players very comfortably. It could have been like a Teague Wilton if I didn't want to keep with a 500, 650K guy. That could have worked out better. And we knew that he was a guy that uh, had that role and he played it for a long time. So very, very vol- volatile at that. Let's move into this team now and have a look at how we would go in, in creating a side here. So let's just say hooker up top. We start off with, and there's a couple of guys with potential, some value. You have, you have players like Robson with a little bit of value, potentially Jeremy Marshall King, Harry Grant's up top as the best scorer. So maybe you want to lock him in. And then there's guys like Brandon Smith, Jacob Little, Reed Marnie and the like there. So let's just say we're not sure on this position at the moment and very clearly, and it's crazy how, high percentage is 47% owned already. So let's get Payne Haas in to kick things off. And and in the edge there, let's have a look. Someone I've been talking about a bit and um, we're just going to start with him here just as a dual position guy that has a really good uh, ability to to score well. Uh, so that's uh, you know, a couple of guys there. We've got, let's say, Cleary up top in the half position. So there's three guys above 650 in our hooker position now. Let's say we're going to go with Robson to kick things off. There's four and then do we want to have Grant and Robson? Do we want to have potentially another mid, which could have been, a, you know, in the way I've been talking in the moment, would be a Jack DeBellin. To add on to that, it could be a Cam Murray. So those two guys that you could have a look at. But let's just say that at the moment, there's a fair few mid players available. Uh, so we're going to go with the great Harry Grant, and he can be our fifth guy. So switching between those guys in that one there. Cool. So there's five. Let's... Lock that in to begin, and then see if anything changes from there. All right, let's go into the mids now and scroll down the list and see what we can come up with. So we know that we're definitely going to have a Josh Curran. Let's lock that in there. And remember, we're going to be a little bit worried about potential 500 to 600K guys. Curran is one of them at 501, but let's uh, let's lock him in there. Joshy Curran in that one. He goes into the mid. He could be in the, in the edge as well, but that would be fine. Also... With that one there, you have options like Tavir Totola could be a solid one for sure. You're looking down that list now, and it's not a clear amount of value. It's sort of in that in that 400s range. Someone like Talis Duncan could be a play, so we'll, we'll pop him in as a low 400s with not a, a lot of risk, just based on his uh, very you know fairly low price in the in the 400s. There, you see all these guys here needing to average in the mid 20s at that. Fletcher Baker, let's say he's another one at 360k. Let's go for him over Tavita Totola just because he is 120k less, which could be you know, very, very helpful for our sides. And as we said, guys, there are plenty of cheapies at the moment that uh, we don't know about that uh, that will be getting spots heading into that first round. All right, someone we, we all like at the moment is Sam Hughes. Let's look at him at this point here. He's, a, he's obviously a nice price at 250k. All right, that's plenty of mids. So we have five, and Curran can be an edge as well, which is cool. And remember what we said, guys, cash cows and the like, usually much better to be from that mid or, you know, mids is good. Edge, hooker, and obviously the half position as well. Wing, playing a fullback is going to be a, a very solid pick as well at that cheap price. So Dylan Lucas is someone I'm super excited about uh, if he gets that spot. There's a lot of 
uh, unknowns around him at the moment. He's not owned by a lot. So if he were to get that one wrong at 3.3%, that would uh, that would cause us some issues, that's for sure. Sorry, let's click the edge. Alrighty, so any cheap edges we're looking at the moment? There's not really too many. Maverick Gaia comes on, on the list. But yeah, we're not sure on him. So we do have some slightly better, cheaper guys coming up in a sec in, in Piakura at 399. He could be in the starting side. That is not a problem for us there. We do think one of sort of Curran, Wong, I think Tupanu is going to be a bench guy. Let's just say it is Wong. I think he will get it. So he can go into our side as one of those mid 400s guys as well. And then do we want anyone else from the edge? Probably not, to be honest with you. You've got some coverage in Curran, Wong, Sorensen, and Piakura. Sorensen and Curran can switch between those two, which is, you know, can be very important. We could potentially go for a Lucas. We could go for a Sean Lane. There's a few options there, but they are a bit more expensive. So we're going to leave that from there. Let's go to the half position there. And, and the you know the talk of the town at the moment is obviously Jamal Fogarty. He's at 10% owned, which will probably increase from there, uh, especially if you get someone who's not a big kicker next to him. Let's lock him in as our secondary half in this position. What I said uh, in that uh, previous video there was probably just to, to lock in Latu Fainu. I think you'll get an, op uh, an opportunity at some point. You can loop him in round one between that four and five spot. Uh, potentially in the halves as well, if you happen to go for more halves of that. But at this stage, we'll leave that there, and he can be our half cover. Potentially other ones in there with with Kyle Flanagan. We have KO Weeks, but we'll look at them uh, if we need them, a little bit lower in our emergencies. For our center position, we have a few options. We could go with someone like Dean Mariner at 450K, but uh, where we're at the moment, we're not going to try and spend up in the centers. So as much as we can, if we do get the options of cheap centers, it's going to be KL Iroh. Uh, it could be Ethan Strange. So let's just lock those two in at the moment. If, if Strange gets a six, if Iroh gets the center spot, this will be my center pairing. No doubt about that, in my opinion. And then, do we want any cover in the centers? Let's just say at this point that it is a no. 2.275 milli in the bank. So, good news. It's a good amount of cash. All right, wing fullback. So, we're probably looking at Jaden Campbell now. So, a fullback that has potential to go a lot higher than his 33 0.4 average, I think we can lock that in. We probably want to be pretty fun and put Paps in our team, don't we? Let's see if we have enough cash to have Pap in our team. He might be one that has to go, depending on where he's at. And our other one, Munro, I'm really excited about as well. So let's just say there are our options there. What happened there? Money. Money Munro. They want me to put Cam Munster in the side. Okay, that leaves three spots left for 971k. So let's just say you got Strange there. All right, so that's one of the, the two spots, the six or the one taken. Let's just, pre whoops, let's scroll down again. Let's just pretend that we have the other spot taken by Weeks or it's Chevy Stewart at this point. Let's make it KO Weeks. Let's get right down there because they're mainly all going to be cheapies at this point. So KO Weeks at 252. Let's slot him in at that. I'm not sure if I'm going to miss out on any of the cheapies, but uh, you guys will tell me anyway. As I'm rolling through this pretty quickly, Nick Kotrick, he's one of those guys that's going to have the spot in the centers for a little bit in a couple of weeks there. Is that worth it? Probably not. Uh, it's a little bit of a worry, that's for sure. Do we want any of these guys in this cheaper range here? Obviously, if someone like Jack Howarth gets a spot, then that'll be cool. Uh, Liam Henry, potentially a 320. This could be the time where we do end up picking the uh, the Carl Flanagans of, of the world. I'm not sure. If I'm, yeah, I didn't go past him. 349K. And that leaves us 370K. And if we go by the way we're talking at the moment and potentially having one more cheapie in there and having a bit of cash in the bank, then that could work out well there also. 
So if we were to do that, a 250K, let's put one of these guys, Chevy Stewart, we're either gonna replace him with Strange or with Weeks at this point. So let's not put him in our side and it's really just gonna be a random sort of 250K guy or 230K guy. Let's just say, who else we got? Yeah, it's probably not too, not too many others to pick. So let's go for someone that we think may be a chance of getting a spot. You got Billy Fafita or Maverick Gaia. Let's just say Gaia is our man on that list there. So what are our chance, what are our spots on the bench? Let's just say Flanagan gets the start. Hughes can be sort of looped, which would be cool, or, or KO Weeks can be looped. We look at our starting side then. We didn't spend any money in the centers. Awesome. We have a pretty set wing fullback. It's actually, you know, Anything under 500k, I think, is going to be okay. Obviously, with Campbell and Pap, both have really good pedigree. We're not guessing on those two guys, apart from Pap's injury history. And if Campbell gets the spot in round one, and it looks like he's going to keep it, Munro scored better than this at the 350 mark, which is cool. The only other change that we could make there for sure is we could go. Carl Flanagan could go up to our man D Mariner, and that's probably. That could probably be the safer play, to be honest with you. If we were to, if we were to do that, though, we, we moved him on and we went to Mariner. He could then start in our centers, which could be cool. We have 39K in the bank. Not as ideal, but it's, it's obviously that, that situation I was talking about with the two 250 guys, one going down, one going up. We could still cover that one. Mariner would then go into that position. Or, as I said, you could keep it a bit cheaper and, uh, and do it the other way. Grant and Robson, you got cover in the hookers. You got plenty of cover in mid, plenty of cover in edge, as we said. You got cover in the half position with Weeks, with Latufenu as well. Center position would then be covered if you wanted to do that, or go with Flanagan and in the cheaper route. And then you could go, yeah, you have enough in the wing fullbacks as well with Weeks as cover. So that's a very, very simple way uh, of doing things there. You can obviously start Baker in that uh, mid position. You could start Sorensen. You could loop Duncan. You could loop Baker. There's options there. There's plenty to there's plenty to come up with over the uh, the next sort of period there. I think what I'm looking at here is not missing out on the super high ownership of Cleary, the super high ownership of Payne Haas. Grant at the moment is pretty high ownership at 28%. Robson's a little bit lower at 8.7, but is going to you know potentially have some some value at that. We're not missing out on Brendan Piakura at 44%. We're not missing out on Josh Curran at 43%. And uh, same with the the cheapies. But yeah, even if they were to come in and, and gun it, you could bring them in straight away anyway. These these sort of cheapies are, is what I'm meaning that uh, yeah, or on our benches and the, and the like that uh, you know that are not the super popular guys. We have potential upside in the wing fullback, so that's a very very simple way of making a side. I made that one up on the spot. Obviously, plenty of information rolling through my head, and I've kind of mucked around with this a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's potentially. I think you can class that as my my starter side, really, if you want to. We get rid of Mariner and we go Flanagan, but obviously we've got the option either way. And yeah, that's, that's given me a position there, just that one guy that uh, might likely come up at some point through the preseason. That could be a Maverick guy and that could change to anyone else. So obviously that's if that's a 250 guy, then, then this is down to 120 and the other option with Mariner would be down to 19K. So that's something to, to note as well. But let's, let's count this as my first team reveal in 2024. Tell you, mates, uh, I hope that really helps you in creating a squad. Your head-to-head -head squad won't be too dissimilar to this. You are looking for value at the beginning. You're looking for potentially one or two guys that you can hold for the entirety of the year, and that's likely to be a Payne Haas. It's likely to be a Cleary, likely to be a Grant. 
could potentially be a Robson as well. And, and you're looking at some the, some of the buy period guys, if they have buys in a sort of around 13, 16, 19, then that's money for um, for you and your head-to-head comps as well. So we'll get into further head-to-head content as we go. But that was heaps fun, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. Got plenty out of it. And thanks for being here. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 